ஜாஹிலூன Allah Ta'ala's infinite grace, mercy, His fuzzle and karam, Allah Ta'ala has allowed us to witness this Mubarak month of Ramadan and has allowed us to be in His house, allowed us to be seeing these Mubarak nights. All these are the very, very great bounties and ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala. And there is no way that we can ever fulfill the rights of the shukr for all these great bounties, let alone these bounties which are really the greater bounties and very, very, very much greater bounties. We can't even fulfill the shukr for the bounties of dunya, the material things, which are also bounties, which are also the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala, which also must be appreciated, which also must be used correctly, and the shukar for it expressed, but it can't compare to the bounties of deen. Because dunya, no matter what it might be and how much it might be, but it's perishable and it will perish. And deen, deen will take us and benefit us past this dunya, it will benefit, benefit us in this dunya and after this dunya in the qabr, where it will matter most to us, because that's the first stage of the akhirat, and then on the day of Qiyamah, and then inshallah it will take us with the fadl of Allah Ta'ala to Jannah. So that is really the greatest bounty, the greatest ni'mat. But let alone the ni'mats of deen, we can't even fulfill the rights of the shukr for the ni'mats of dunya also. Once Harun Rashid was a very mighty king of his time. He was such a, he had such a vast kingdom that once there was a cloud that was passing and he was sitting in his balcony and he saw this cloud passing so he addressed the cloud so to say he addressed the cloud he's looking at the cloud and talking that you can go and rain wherever you want because obviously where the cloud would rain then it will benefit the land and the crops will grow and that will then whoever the land it might be but the some tax of that will come back to the treasury of the king. He said, wherever you want to go and rain, go and rain. Because no matter how far you're going to go, you're going to rain in my territory. So in any case, Harun Rashid one day was in his court and there was one pious person seated there as well. Harun Rashid felt thirsty. So he asked for water. The water was brought. So when the water was brought, before he could 
take the sip of the water, this pious person that was seated there, he asked him, that, oh, Amirul Mu'mineen, I have a question, if you permit me, what's your question? That you have asked for this water, supposing you were in such a situation, wherever you might have been somewhere suddenly, and you are really dying of thirst, you desperately need water, and there is no way that you can reach water, and somebody at that time comes and presents a glass of water to you, but he says that the, the price for this water is half your kingdom. Would you buy it? There is no other way that you are going to get water at that time. There is only water that is now being made available. But the person is saying that if you want this water, half your kingdom. Would you buy it? He said, definitely I will buy it. Because I am dying of thirst. Then what you worth is that kingdom to me if I am going to die of that thirst. I might as well spend half the kingdom to get the water. He said, very well, supposing after you drank the water, and then some problem happened, you can't pass the water out, which becomes a very, very painful situation, and a very difficult, it can make a person feel like life, life between life and death. So he says, what will be the condition now, that you are suddenly, you took that water in, but now you can't pass that water out. And somebody comes in that condition and says that all the doctors now have tried, the physicians have tried what they want, but nothing is working for you. And when everything else has failed, one person comes along and you're now in this excruciating pain. And he says, look, I have a tried and tested medication for this ailment and this problem. If you want it, it's available. But the price, the price is half your kingdom. All the physicians have failed, everybody tried their best, nothing is working, and now in this excruciating pain to pass this water that was taken in. And now this person is asking half of the kingdom, would you give it? He says, in that condition I'll give it. So this pious person then said to him that this is good enough now for you to understand what is the value of your kingdom. And what is the value of that one glass of water that Allah Ta'ala provided for you? That for this one glass of water to take it in, you're ready to give half your kingdom. And then to pass it out, you're ready to give another half of your kingdom. This is the worth of your kingdom. One glass of water to take it in and pass it out. And this is the value of this water. That Allah Ta'ala rains down from the heavens. So we can't even make enough sugar for one glass of water. Where are we going to make sugar? sufficiently and adequately for all the bounties, the countless ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala. And therefore Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an Sharif, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا That if you try to count the ni'mats and the bounties of Allah Ta'ala, forget all the bounties, you try to count the benefits of even one ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala, you can never do it. لَا تُحْسُوهَا So this is the reality that we are drenched in the bounties and the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala. But unfortunately, we lose sight of this. A person sometimes completely forgets that all this is a ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's grace, it is His gift, it is His bounty. And as a result, we become so engrossed in our worldly life that we forget Allah Ta'ala. So this is the very crucial thing that we have to recognize that all this is the bounty of Allah Ta'ala. And when all this is the bounty of Allah Ta'ala, 
that we have to submit ourselves entirely to him. The ni'mas of deen and the ni'mas of dunya, entirely everything is from him alone. Nothing belongs to us and nothing is out of our doing. Everything is an amanat from Allah Ta'ala and everything is purely his gift. So many a times we forget the countless bounties that are showering upon us all the time and we become very consumed to such an extent with some challenges that might be in our lives that we forget all the countless bounties. And there's no sugar for that and there's only some complaint for some challenge or the other. So on the one hand, this is the sugar that is required for everything. But what is the reality of the sugar? The reality of the shukr is, as just mentioned, to completely submit to Allah. To become his totally, to become totally his slave. So in order to become the total slave of Allah Ta'ala, the whole deen has to be brought into our lives. Whether it's ibadat, obviously starts off right with iman, and all the aspects that relate to, to iman, and then our ibadat, and our mu'amalat and dealings, our social life, and our akhlaq, everything must come into our life. So all these things together then will make us that kind of servant of Allah Ta'ala, who Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. This will be some step forward towards that shukr, the reality of shukr, one step forward towards that reality of shukr. Among all the many, many things that we have to inculcate in our lives to become the two slaves of Allah Ta'ala, one extremely essential quality that has been emphasized in the Quran Sharif also and emphasized by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Nabi Islam himself was the embodiment of this. He was head to toe this particular, well everything he was, but this too shone from him in every aspect of his life. And really one cannot progress anywhere without acquiring this. And especially in the path of suluk and making one's islah and trying to reform oneself, this is the aspect that the mashayikh focus most on in terms of building a person up. And if this is acquired, then other things will fall into place very, very easily. This is missing in a person's life, then it's very difficult to progress. Very, very difficult. Because this will become, the lack of this will become obstacle everywhere. This is a very essential quality of tawazu. The total humility that is required from this insan, that he loves the humble person that he should be. That he feels within himself that I am nobody, I am nothing. That complete fana, annihilation of his self. And this is not, there's no button to press that this will happen in one moment, this will happen in one day. It's a process. But to the extent that this will be acquired, everything will start falling into place. And to the extent this is missing, then there's no vacuum. It's not that a person, for example, is either living or dead. Uh, neither living nor dead. Be one of the two. If he's not living, then he's dead. He can't be neither living nor dead. It's not that he cannot have tawazu and also not have the opposite of it. 
They'll either be life or they'll be dead. So likewise, they'll either be tawazu or the lack of tawazu, then the opposite of it will apply. Takabbur. And to the extent tawazu is missing, there'll be so much of kibr, takabbur, pride, arrogance. And that is such an atom bomb that in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, the person who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed will not enter Jannat. La yadkhulul Jannah. What a stern way in which this is mentioned. La yadkhulul Jannah. Man kana fi qalbihi mithqalu habbatim min khardalim min kibr. One mustard seed, the extent of pride, he can't enter Jannat. You'll have to go through the washing process first. So this aspect of tawazur, annihilating oneself, and to the extent that one will acquire this tawazu, he will be at comfort and peace in dunya, and others will get comfort and peace from him. And to the extent this tawazu is lacking, this humility, being humble, this is missing in a person's life, to that extent he himself will be in turmoil, or he'll be in distress, or he'll be in discomfort, and others also will be under tension all the time from him. Neither will he be at peace and neither will others be in peace in his presence or due to him. It will be a problem all the time. The person who's got this tawazu, he'll be at peace within himself first and foremost. Just to take one example, if the person is truly humble within himself, truly the tawazu is there, he really feels, I'm nobody, I'm nothing. So now, for example, one very common situation that his input in some matter, for example, some family issue, something, whatever it might be. So somehow nobody took his input in the matter. Nobody asked him anything. What do you feel? So now nobody asked him what you feel. He really feels it. And he feels it so badly that his heart is now in turmoil. What these people think of me? They just think I'm a nobody. Yes, that's what we're supposed to think about ourselves. But now others are thinking that, we're not thinking about it. So now his own heart is in this turmoil. And now he's going into all the nitty gritties of it. But why did this happen? And why was I bypassed? And he's worried so much about why I was bypassed that he's creating such a problem in his heart. He's becoming like a bypass patient. I don't know when this might just create a heart attack, you'll need a bypass. But now what happened? Because of this lack of, why was I bypassed? Why was I overlooked? Now this is just one simple example of what happens in day-to-day life. And it might be a very trivial thing, it might be a minor thing. One is a person is responsible for something. Now he's the father, for example. And now the son went and, now father is running the business and the son is now with him and he went and just did his own things. Obviously, the father is going to make the last call, he's going to make the decision. So now he will be having to take charge of that situation. We're talking about in day-to-day trivial things. Somebody was just now not asked for his suggestion or something of this nature. But weight takes the matter to small trivial things. And it might sound like this is really a very petty example. But we'd be surprised and in fact shocked that how often there are major dramas out of petty things. Very petty things, extremely trivial things. But where it comes out, what's the root of it? 
This is why the Mashayikh make all the, so much of focus and attention on this aspect of Tawazu and uprooting the skibber. That to the extent that this skibber is uprooted and this Tawazu is acquired, there will be peace within the person's own heart. He will be at peace within himself. If there's Tawazu truly in him, then he'll get safe from so many other major ailments of the heart, of the spiritual heart. Major sins of the inner self. When a person truly has tawazu, for example, the major sin of hasad, very, very detrimental and very disastrous sin of jealousy. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Salaam says, Al-Hasadu Ya'kulul Hasanat. The jealousy burns up, destroys a person's good deeds. Like fire destroys dry wood, burns it up in no time, it's ash. Such a disastrous sin. Such a major sin. A person truly has tawazu in him. Now he sees somebody else progressing. So he doesn't feel anything in his heart. Why? Because I don't deserve anything. Start off with, I don't deserve anything. So if that person is progressing, mashallah, he deserves it. But if this tawazu is missing, why did he get ahead? I should have been ahead. So now because I'm not ahead, it starts this fire of jealousy. Because I want to be ahead. This takabbur now wants to put a person on the top. But he can't always be on top. So now because he's not finding himself on top, so now his heart is in this turmoil. I must be ahead. Why is he ahead? So now that light of fire of jealousy. And then together with that the malice. And then because that malice is not finding some way of venting itself in some other way, then some way or the other I must make some ghibat of him to try and drop him down somewhere. And if there isn't anything to make ghibat, then bohtan will come. And slander will take place. One sin after the other, but stemming from what? From this lack of tawazu, from this takabur. Takabur is the root. And when there's takabur, tawazu is missing. Tawazu will come, takabur will go. This is the thing that we have to make an effort on. To annihilate the self. To truly feel within ourselves. I'm nobody, I'm nothing. But it doesn't happen just by a wish. It doesn't just happen by just thinking about it. There's an effort behind it. People subjected themselves to great amount of mujahada, to the various difficult uh, prescriptions that were given to them. And over time, this takabur is gradually then removed from the heart and this tawazu settles in. Then a person starts truly becoming insan. Then he starts truly becoming insan. Can we imagine in the life of Rasulullah who was the height of every good and together with all the other things, Nabi Islam was an embodiment of this tawazu. We can't imagine the rank of Rasulullah is beyond our comprehension and beyond our understanding. What height Allah Ta'ala took him to, what greatness Allah Ta'ala conferred upon him is beyond. We can never imagine it. But despite that rank, despite that position, despite being the greatest of the creation of Allah Ta'ala, can we picture the scene 
When Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala is being asked, they tell us about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa how he used to be at home. Now, we have some small little position of some sort, that everybody must be at our beck and call. And that authority must be displayed everywhere. Now it, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa at the height of every good, and the greatest of Allah ta'ala's creation, Sayyidul Anbiya'i wal Mursaleen, greater than the greatest angel of Allah Ta'ala. And now Aisha Siddiqah radiallahu ta'ala is being asked, how did Nabi Islam conduct himself at home? So she replies and says, Kana fi mihnati ahli. He used to make the khidmat of the household people. He used to make the khidmat of the household people. And then in another narration, this is elaborated on. Sometimes, he would sweep the house. Sometimes he would sweep the house. Forget a person being the mayor. If he just has another small position somewhere, can he imagine himself sweeping the house? He said, you're sweeping all my honor away, making me sweep the house. Nabi Islam said the house, his honor didn't decrease in any way. He would sweep the house. If his garment needed patching, if his garment needed patching, then the greatest of Allah Ta'ala's creation would take the needle and would take the thread without asking anybody he would patch it. If his shoe needed patching, his footwear needed patching, he would do it himself. If he needed to milk the goat, which was a very menial task, if a person had a servant, he'll never do it himself, he'll tell a servant to do it. Nabi Sallallahu needed to milk the goat, he would go and milk it himself. Now this is the conduct of Rasulullah sallallahu and Aisha al-Mana says he used to be one of us. Within the home, one of us. But yes, as soon as he would hear the azan, it would be as if he doesn't know anybody. As soon as the azan would be called, his entire attention would be turned towards now going for salah and answering the call of the muazzin. Then it was as if he was unaware of who's around. But other than that, one of the people at home. Now, how can this be possible? This can only be possible due to that tawazu. Only due to the tawazu. The life of Rasulullah the examples are filled. Kind of situations, how he conducted himself, the type of tawazu that became apparent on all the occasions. Because this was, tawazu is not something that is is mechanical, it's something that stems from the depth of the heart. That is the, the found, where the source of it is. Then it will display itself correctly. If it's a pretense, it can only last for a short while, just for a little while to pretend about it, then the reality will come out. When this tawazu is there, as you mentioned, a person will be at peace within himself. And others will get peace from him also. Because when there's tawazu, it's very easy to overlook things. Very easy. person doesn't take things seriously. When there's tawazu, he can easily brush off things. The Quraysh used to compose very hurtful poetry against Rasulullah Abu Lahab's wife in particular, others also. And very abusive poetry against Rasulullah and when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would hear about it, on one occasion, this was 
somehow came to his attention. And in that, even his Mubarak name was distorted. Nauzubillah, it was made to Muzammam, which has the opposite meaning. In a very, very calm manner, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam just Well, look at how Allah Ta'ala saved me from the abuse of the Quraysh. They are hurling abuse at some Muzammam. My name is Muhammad. My name is Muhammad. I'm not that Muzammam. Whereas who they were referring to was obvious. <coughs> but this was just a way of just brushing it aside. Don't worry about it. Who can do this? The person who has tawazu inside. Otherwise, forget hurling abuse. Somebody didn't follow the protocol properly. They didn't greet us first. That might become a problem. Greeted somebody else first. They greeted us, but not first. That might become a problem. Let alone hurling abuse at us. Somebody spoke to someone else first. <clears throat> and maybe didn't speak to us so much. Spoke to that person maybe for five minutes and spoke to us for one minute. That'll become a problem. We'll be in a constant turmoil. The lack of tawazu will be in a turmoil. And because we are in a turmoil, we'll put everybody else in a turmoil too. Because now we want to now offload that somewhere. Somewhere or the other that must get offloaded. And somebody will be under pressure now. Somebody will have to bear the stress. But if this tawazu comes in, the person will be in rahat himself and there will be rahat for others also. This is a very, very deep aspect of this benefits of tawazu. Which if we truly can understand this, this benefit alone should spur us. Whereas it's far more than this. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says that man rafa'ahullah. The one who truly humbles himself, but for Allah Ta'ala. Purely for Allah Ta'ala's sake, not for any other purpose. No ulterior motive. Rafa'ahullah. Allah Ta'ala will elevate him. When the person truly has this tawazu in him, then he's not looking for any kind of recognition, any endorsement from anybody, not looking for any kind of acknowledgement, nothing. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, the very famous incident that he once came to know that on the outskirts there's somebody is camped there. So he goes and finds out there's some people there, and they are hungry, the children are crying, they have no food to eat, and these people are travelers. Umar comes quickly to the Baytul Mal and he puts in some provisions in some sack, and despite his slave being with, he carries that on his own back. And then gets there to these people again. Then cooks that food himself. And then presents it to those children and lets them eat. And then now when everything is settled and calm. So, that lady who was in the tent, she says that you should have been in the place of Umar. She doesn't know who's doing all this. He's the Amirul Mu'minin. She's unaware who's making all this khidmat. Now out of trying to express her gratitude, she's saying it in this way. That you should have been in the place of Umar. Now if it was one of us, okay up to this point, we did it uh, very nicely, sincerely too. But now when it comes to this point, she's saying you should have been in the place of Umar. She's thinking I'm somebody else. Now I need to make it known. After all, what you think, who you think I am? But all his answer is that how can Umar know what your situation is? That you are here out in the one corner here 
and he is now in Madinah Munawwara. How he is supposed to know now that what's going on here? He says, well, he's a Khalifa, I should know. But he doesn't make it known, that's me. Such a great service he's doing. Being the Amir al-Mu'mineen. And after all this is done, the person is still in this misconception that this is somebody else. But he doesn't make it known, it's me. I did it. So that at least I get that acknowledgement. I get that endorsement. Nothing. This can stem from what? As Umar Lano is known to be that very stern person. His sternness was only for the command of Allah Ta'ala. But this shows what reality was in his heart. What extent of this tawazu was there. No concern for all this acknowledgement and praise of dunya. Nothing. Total annihilation. This is an annihilation. Abu Bakr Umar sees him late at night, he's going somewhere. Again another time sees him going. One day he decides to follow him. He follows him, he sees him going into a certain house. And after a while he emerges. Late at night, it's dark. So Abu Bakr doesn't know anything that he's being followed, he's being watched. After the Abu Bakr goes away, Hazrat Umar comes and knocks on the door and enters. What's, who's here? What's going on here? There's an old lady there. She says, what's, who's this person comes? She says, we don't know. He comes, he just does all the work, fills the water, sweeps the house, cleans everything and he goes away. Hazrat Umar's response, he says, oh Abu Bakr, you truly have tired the person out who's going to follow you. In other words, you've set such a high standard. You are setting such a high example and such a high standard. But now who can do this in the midst of night so that nobody even knows what's going on to go and undertake this menial task for somebody? At the most he'll give some instruction to some servant, go and do it. But who can do it? This tawazu. When there's reality of tawazu in his heart. And that too without wanting any kind of recognition from anybody. Nobody must know. Allah Ta'ala knows it. This is that quality of tawazu that we have to inculcate. Now we, somebody didn't just express one word of gratitude to us, that becomes a major problem for us. Yes, that person should express gratitude. But that message is for us. That we should never ever miss out expressing the gratitude. But somebody didn't do it. Then for us is the other ayat of the Quran Sharif. La nuridu minkum jaza'u wa la shukura. This was the quality of the Sahaba. They did for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Innama nut'imukum li wajhillah. We are giving you for the pleasure of Allah alone. La nuridu minkum jaza'u wa la shukura. We don't want any recompense. We don't even want your gratitude. Our reward is with Allah Ta'ala alone. So this tawazu, this is something to focus on, something to learn, something to make an effort to inculcate. And again, this doesn't happen just by one talk, doesn't happen by just thinking about it. It's a process. When a person submits himself to somebody, undertakes that process, and this happens in the light of day-to-day, or in the process of day-to-day circumstances, day-to-day incidents, or something will happen, and he'll slip up, and he'll conduct himself in a way that is totally opposite the dictates of Tawazu. So now he'll report, this is what I did. Well, if this is what you did, now this is what you do now. So now sometimes what you do, it might be a very bitter pill to swallow. But he swallows that bitter pill, this starts inculcating this Tawazu. In time, this becomes the first nature of a person. But it's a process. 
It's a process that a person has to undertake. This was the tawazu that we find in all the pious personalities. Nobody reached any level of closeness to Allah Ta'ala without this tawazu. Shah Ismail Shaheed, very great personality of his time, very great alim in one one discourse of his, there would be 10, 15, 20,000 people. And the amount of work that he did and whatever great things he did, very great personality. And he is standing in the Jama Masjid of Delhi. Jami Masjid of Delhi, he is giving a talk and in the midst of that gathering one person who was actually put up to do this, to create mischief. This person stands up, now Shah Ismail Shaheed Rahmatullah was known to be a person who had, as people would describe him, as a person with a very short fuse, he'd get upset very easily. Now a person, as we say, with a short fuse, so we might think that this might be, well okay, I'm also like that, so it's fine. Because such a great personality had a short fuse, so I'm fine also. The thing is, sometimes we would have to check within ourselves whether we've got any fuse left. So in any case, he is now giving this talk in the masjid, and there is this huge gathering there. And in the midst of this gathering, one person stands up, and he says that, we have heard that you are an illegitimate person. Now can you imagine, in the midst of a gathering, can there be a, an abuse more severe than this? of vulgarity greater than this. And this is a very toned down way in which it is being said. We have heard that you are an illegitimate person. Now in the midst of that gathering, he is busy giving a talk, and this person stands up and says this. Shaheed very calmly responds to him, Brother, you are mistaken. The witnesses to my parents' nikah are still living. And some of them are in this place, some of them in that place. You can go and verify it for yourself without even changing the tone of his voice. He said this much and continued as if nothing happened. His fuse, that so-called short fuse, was only where the commands of Allah Ta'ala were being trampled. Not for his personal self. Otherwise there wasn't an occasion that would provoke a person more than such an occasion. He would go for the life of the person that said it. But he didn't even change the tone of his voice. How could this be possible? That fuse wasn't the fuse because of takabur. Our fuse is for a different reason. Our short fuse is based on all takabur. His fuse was a different fuse. It was a fuse of the commands of Allah Ta'ala not being trampled. But the tawazu was in his heart. And this is something that comes out when a person is suddenly put on the spot. And a person is suddenly put on the spot, then the reality comes out. One person had, one banya, he had, one, one Muslim person, he uh, had a parrot. So he taught this parrot how to recite the kalima. Now this parrot, parrot will pick up something, whatever you keep repeating and repeating in certain time, will pick it up. So the parrot began to repeat the kalima. So now he repeated the kalima and keeps reading, any visitor comes, etc. All are so impressed. Subhanallah, this parrot can decide the kalima. One day he somehow got out of his cage. He got out of his cage and he started walking around. So the cat of the house was probably waiting for ages for this opportunity. 
as soon as it saw this parrot out of the cage, it pounced. When it pounced and now the jaws were closing onto the parrot, the squawking sound of the parrot started. And with the squawking sound it died. All the kalima, the kalima was on that beak of the parrot, on the tongue of the parrot. But within it was a squawking sound only. There was no, obviously it's animal, there's no iman in that animal. But this is the example, that something just on the tongue, when the crunch comes, then the tongue doesn't speak. When the crunch comes, as that was now in the jaws of that cat, that's a crunch time now. The crunch time, what was inside the reality came out. That squawking sound came out. So likewise, these true qualities, when the crunch comes, then the reality comes out. If there's tawazu, the tawazu will come. And if there's takapur, you'll find all kinds of flowery languages coming. And all kinds of problems. And likewise, at the time of death, that's a crunch time. That's the real crunch time. What is on the tongue at that time, that won't speak. What is in the heart will come out. That is what to speak at that time. If there was true iman in the heart, there was the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, there was the fikr of akhirat, there was that concern of death and the person was preparing for that death, then at that time, that is what will come out. And otherwise, Allah forbid, people have spoken all kinds of things at the time of death and of the world. So this tawazu is something to be acquired, something to be learned. Again, as several times we mentioned, there's no button to press. This discussion is merely just to highlight the importance that something we have to understand that it's something to be learned. This is not even yet the learning process. It's just the understanding that it is something to learn. In some way to inspire ourselves that we have to try for this, we have to aspire for this, we have to work for it, we have to make an effort for it. And it comes with a process, it comes by subjugating ourselves somewhere, by subjecting ourselves to somebody's direction and guidance, and then having those bitter pills when that need comes. Then in time, this nafs is subdued, and when this nafs is subdued, then these qualities then come to the fore, and this is what makes a person a true insan. Before even a Musalman, this first makes him a true insan. Otherwise, Allah forbid, let alone being Musalman, sometimes we are not even practicing on the normal qualities of insan. But Musalman is on a very high level. But sometimes, that is why Allah Ta'ala describes in the Quran Sharif, that those who forget all this, inhum illa kal an'am balhum adal. Yeah, they are like animals, rather worse off than animals. So these are all very, very essential things that we have to learn, we have to acquire, we have to make an effort to inculcate in our lives. This aspect of tawazu is a very, very basic and essential part of good akhlaq. And a very, very important part of it. To the extent that this tawazu will be acquired, as you mentioned right at the beginning, this guarantees the rahat and the comfort and peace for oneself. Because then he's not concerned about things around him. Somebody is criticizing him, somebody is saying something. He's like immune to it all. What will make him immune? Only this tawazu. Somebody said something, so what? Let it be. How does it change anything in me? And he'll be in rahat about himself. He's seeing somebody progressing. MashaAllah, he'll make dua for the person. Somebody else was put ahead of him, given preference over him. No problem. Bismillah. And 
all the other aspects, he'll be at no peace within himself, no turmoil in him. When he's at peace within himself, others around him will be in peace also. He'll enjoy life peacefully, others around him will also be peaceful. And otherwise, then there will be no end to it. Just to finish off on this, this also stems from the same thing. That so many times, whether it's in a domestic issue, whether it's whatever, small things become very big things. Why? Because both parties want to have the last say. Nobody wants to stop. I mustn't be the one that was subdued. And whereas if this tawazo, so what, if I kept quiet, and if I didn't have the last say, so what? Why should I have the last say? So when that person has adopted that tawazu, that's the end of it. Many of these problems, one simple rule is to learn chup rehna sikho. That's chup rehna sikho. Learn to keep quiet. To speak, a person has to move his tongue, move his jaws. There's so many muscles involved. And sometimes he starts moving his jaws too fast, he might bite the tongue in between. All these things, so many things involved in it. And to keep quiet, do nothing. But that becomes the hardest thing. To keep quiet, which requires to do nothing, don't move any muscle. But just somehow, it's like impossible that a person can just keep his mouth where it is. Don't move it. Don't move the tongue. Just keep quiet. Very difficult. But what makes it possible? It's to the extent of that tawazu. In these kind of situations, let it be. In any case, this too is something very, very important for us to learn, to inculcate in our lives. Among the ways in which we will, will help us to develop this is indeed by reading about the lives of the pious, their tawazu, read about the seerat of Rasulullah the incidents of his tawazu, the humility of the sahaba ikram, and the lives of the pious predecessors, what kind of humility they had in their lives. This will inspire us also to try and emulate them. And inshallah, we too will be blessed with this great quality. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim Daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahnu La ilaha illallah, 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 la ilaha illallah 
اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وعنت الوجوه للحي القيوم يا أحدا صمدا لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد سبحان الله وبحمده عدد خلقه ورضا نفسه وزنة عرشه ومداد كلماته اللهم لك الحمد حمدا دائما مع دوامك ولك الحمد حمدا خالدا مع خلودك ولك الحمد حمدا لا منتهى له دون مشيتك ولك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد بعد الرضا اللهم لك الحمد كما تحب وترضى عدد ما تحب وترضى اللهم لك الحمد من السماوات ومن الأرض ومن أما بينهما ومن أما شئت من شيء بعد جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكره الذاكرون وصل على سيدنا محمد كلما غفل عن ذكره الغافلون اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأهوال والآفات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك أعلى الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا ظلمنا أنفسنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هم إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم زينا بزينة الإيمان وجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مضلين اللهم اهدنا واهدبنا وجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق واعمالنا من الرياء والسنتنا من الكذب واعيننا من الخيانه فانك تعلم خائنه الاعين وما تخفي الصدور اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها 
Allahul Alamin, we need your love, Ya Allah. We are desperately in need of your love, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you grant us your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant us the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Grant us the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of the deen, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of the amal of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of the efforts of deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, accept us and our families and our progeny till Qiyamah. For the efforts of deen with ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you fill our hearts with all the noble qualities, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with tawazu, 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 Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us your true humble servants, Ya Allah. Make us a true humble servant that we should be, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. From head to toe, we are covered in filth, Ya Allah. Our inception was filth, Ya Allah. One day in the cupboard we are going to become dust, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, there is filth within us all the time, Ya Allah. And yet we walk proudly on the earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, it is only your clemency that we are still walking, Ya Allah. It is only your tolerance that despite our sins we are still eating and drinking, Ya Allah. Despite our sins, it is only your tolerance and clemency that we are still living our life, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, now you make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Enable us to give up all this evil and vice, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with tawazu, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with sincerity, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with generosity, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with forgiveness, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with being able to overlook, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you grant us all the noble qualities, Ya Allah. Cleanse us of all the evil qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Enable us to emulate the Mubarak way of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You guide us, Ya Allah. You protect us, Ya Allah. You keep us in your mercy, Ya Allah. Keep us in your protection, Ya Allah. Don't leave us to ourselves for the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Don't leave us to ourselves for the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Allahumma la takilna ila anfusina tarfatain. Allahumma la takilna ila anfusina tarfatain. فَإِنَّكَ إِنْ تَكِلْنَا إِلَىٰ أَنفُسِنَا تَكِلْنَا إِلَىٰ ضَعْفٍ وَذَنْبٍ وَعَوْرَةٍ وَخَطِيَةٍ إِلَاهُ الْعَلَمِينَ Ya Allah, you grant us the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us all the noble things, Ya Allah. Save us from all the evils and vices, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us, Ya Allah. Save our families, Ya Allah. Save our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Save the entire ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, shower your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Shower your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the pain and hardship of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledge whatever is happening to the ummah is due to our sins, Ya Allah. It is our wrongdoings, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Give us a topic of being those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us from those amal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you grant us Ya Allah, itminan and sukoon in our hearts, Ya Allah. Grant us contentment, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You grant us unity and content, Ya Allah. You grant brotherhood, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant peace and harmony, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. <coughs> Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Islam left one ummah behind, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us one ummah, Ya Allah. Make us one ummah, Ya Allah. Make us one ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, in this Mubarak month, Ya Allah. Whatever amal we done, accept it, Ya Allah. Accept it solely for your pleasure, Ya Allah. Forgive all the shortcomings, Ya Allah. The innumerable mistakes we have made, Ya Allah. Forgive it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, accept the Atikaf, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, accept the Taraweeh Salah, Ya Allah. Accept the fast, Ya Allah. 
except the tilawah, zikr and dua, ya Allah, except all the amal, ya Allah, ilahul alameen, except those who are making khidmat, ya Allah, ilahul alameen, ya Allah, ya Allah, whatever time is left of this Mubarak month, enable us to spend it correctly, ya Allah, ilahul alameen, ya Allah, you make this remaining time in Ramadan such, ya Allah, that when we leave this Mubarak month, ya Allah, we have gained our forgiveness, ya Allah, ilahul alameen, save us from being among those who Rasulullah sallallahu when Jibreel sallallahu alayhi invoked the curse, that may that person be destroyed who the month of Ramadan came and he failed to gain his forgiveness. And your beloved Habib sallallahu alayhi wa said, Ameen, ilahul alameen, if we fall in that category, who is going to save us from the destruction, ya Allah? Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, you grant our forgiveness, ya Allah. You free us of the fire of Jahannam, ya Allah. Allahumma a'atik riqabana min al-nar. Allahumma a'atik riqabana min al-nar. Allahumma a'atik riqabana min al-nar. Ilahul alameen, free us of the fire of Jahannam, ya Allah. Free our parents of the fire of Jahannam, ya Allah. Free our families of the fire of Jahannam, ya Allah. Free our friends and relatives of the fire of Jahannam, ya Allah. Free the ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from the fire of Jahannam, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. All those who have passed away from the, our families, from the ummah. Ilahul alameen, you forgive them, ya Allah. Make their complete makhsirat, ya Allah. Grant them the highest stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, those of our parents who are living, ya Allah. Grant them barakat in their lives, ya Allah. Grant them barakat in their health, ya Allah. Allah, enable us to serve them and honor them, ya Allah. Enable us to earn jannah through service to them, ya Allah. Allah, those of our parents who have passed away, ya Allah. You fill their covers with duhur, ya Allah. You make their complete makhsirat, ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Grant them a special place in ala illiyin, ya Allah. Rabbirhamhuma kama rabbayana sigara. Rabbirhamhuma kama rabbayana sigara. Rabbirhamhuma kama rabbayana sigara. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. At the time of our death, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman kamil, ya Allah. Take us on tawbat al-nasuh, ya Allah. Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Ya Allah, let that not come meet us in a place of sin, ya Allah. Let that not meet us in a condition that we are in sin, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Let that not meet us in a way that you are displeased with us, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, make that the happiest moment of our life, ya Allah. When we meet you, ya Allah, and you are pleased with us, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, grant us the water of kawsar from his mubarak hand, ya Allah. Allah, let it be that day when he sees us, he embraces us, ya Allah. That he's happy to see us, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, save us from being among those he will chase away, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, let him be happy to see us, ya Allah. Let him grant, ya Allah, grant us his shafaat and intercession, ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, all those are seeking them complete shifa and afiyat, ya Allah. Remove every trace of their ailments, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, those are in hospitals, grant them complete shifa and afiyat, ya Allah. Bring them back home with complete recovery, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, those are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Those are in financial problems, ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from every drop and grain of haram, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever hardships, grief, sorrows, anxieties people have, ya Allah. Ya Allah, with your grace and mercy, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Fill the hearts with sukoon, ya Allah. Fill the hearts with peace, ya Allah. Fill the hearts with contentment, ya Allah. 
ഹൈറിമ <laughs> ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين